VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank member FDIC. Welcome back to Star Wars Minute. It's the daily podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and celebrate the Star Wars movies one minute at a time. I'm Pete the Retailer from PeteTheRetailer.com. I'm Alex Robinson from AlexRobinson.fun. And I'm Chrysanthi from Star Wars Music Minute. <laughs> Yay. You, could, you couldn't even remember the exact order of the title of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Music Minute. <laughs> uh, but yeah, thanks for coming back again, Chrysanthi. Glad, uh, glad to talk to you. Happy to have you here. I'm extremely excited. I feel like my pandemic has come full circle. Now, because you two were the last people that were over at my apartment before wow. the pandemic. That's it was true. like, it was the beginning of March. And as you were leaving, I remember the distinct feeling of, I wonder if this will be, I wonder if this will be like the last people that I see. Mm. Oh man, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's, it's okay. It's okay. It's just we should have like just said weird. something poignant as we were leaving. Yeah. You know, we should have been like, remember. Well, none of us were because I also I remember know. distinctly that we weren't really talking about the pandemic. We were. It was kind of like the elephant in the room, sort of. Right. Yeah. I sort of, yeah, yeah, yeah. That Here was, we are you know, on the other side. <laughs> we made it. Yeah. Mm. Mm. We're close. We, we can made see, it. We can see the end, the finish line. It's off in the distance. <sighs> what is that? Uh, I'll tell you what it is. It's minute 56 of Star Wars Episode 8, The Last Jedi. Uh, 56 starts with uh, Finn saying, This place is great. He's a regular Dan Cortez. Um, and it ends with um, Finn asking, What are those things? Basically, it's the it's the gang running through Canto Bite, experiencing the the weirdness, and the gang being uh, Finn and Rose in this case, and BB-8, and BB-8, of course. He's not rolling; he's rolling. He's not running. Yeah, he's um, rolling and bouncing, depending. Right. Yeah. Um. So we see uh we see some weird creatures. This is a fun creature moment. I know. Last week I was. This is uh, my time. Yeah. I love this. I I was. Uh, I I was mixed on the on the intro intro bite as as you might call it. Um, I like the shot of it coming in, and I like that there are a lot of weird creatures. But I feel the creatures look a little too. I think I said you know Babylon Five, um, Doctor Who. Certainly, they have like a little bit more of a that vibe to them than a traditional Star Wars vibe. And I'm not saying that doesn't. Uh, you know, it's not like oh, it's not Star Wars. But I'm like oh, some of the creatures look a little. Um, and I'm I like not that familiar with too. Babylon Five or um, Doctor Who. Mm. So what, what when you when you say that, what do you exactly mean? 
it's I had a hard time putting my finger on it last okay. week too. It's like they they don't there's something about them that looks and it could be, you know, um the 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 hero of of the cantina, the original cantina was the lighting. Um, you know, it, it could be that when things are well lit, they just look a little more like a uh, TV creature as opposed to a movie creature, but uh, but I don't know. There's something about some of the creatures here where I'm just like, mm. is it too ritzy for you? Well, I, I do like their outfits a lot. I've been I've been looking at that uh, this week. I love the the kind of formal wear look that we haven't seen much of, and it's very you know not too far of a departure from Earth formal wear, but it's got little kind of uh, flourishes that I like. Uh, this week's minutes, I'm I'm a little more acclimated, and I'm 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 not gonna complain about. It. I'm not saying like oh, it's not Star Wars, but I'm like, well, some of the creatures are a little. Um, um. Do you have yeah. any outstanding ones that stand out as ones you like or dislike in this in this minute? Um. And again, it's not like or I don't know. It's tough. Well, I I here here's. Some creatures that I noticed in this, and we could talk about them. We, we this could be a creature free for all. Before that, yes. Um, I noticed that you are comparing this to the cantina, which is an odd comparison. I mean, it it makes sense as a comparison, right? But you're you're talking about like a dive bar versus a rich people yeah. casino, right? Right. Very different vibes. That's true. And casinos, in my experience, are so well lit that it's like you forget what time of day it is and it is very artificial like i hate going to las vegas Mm. as soon as i step out of the that van i mean van because usually because when i go there it's only if i'm there to perform (laughs) so it's usually like i step out of the touring whatever and smell the coconut air and then i'm like oh my god (laughs) just go straight to my hotel room See, those are precisely the reasons why I enjoy going to Las Vegas because of the the phoniness. Like I, when I used to go to Disney World, it was the same thing. It's like this is all manicured and prepared for my enjoyment. But there's also so many people, and you don't like people, and neither do I. Yes, this is true. What the the only time that I've been to Vegas was I also rolled out of a van, but it's because I was on a road trip and we got there at I think like three or four in the morning. And um, it was kind of, you know, there were far fewer people. And it was a little bit like, oh, okay, this is, it was still bustling. It was still happening. There were still people, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, it was a little, um, I got a little kind of a, a bite-sized taste of it. I was like, that's interesting. That's weird. What a weird place. You dipped your and toe I in. Haven't been back. Um, although now that I'm a lot closer, maybe I'll go back. I don't know. Well, one thing also that I think sets Canto Bite apart from modern las vegas is um like nowadays las vegas caters to uh joe and michelle lunch pail they try to get everyone coming to las vegas where it used to be a bit more of like you have to wear a tuxedo if you want to walk into this place and this canto bite definitely seems to be more of the that's why i'm kind of surprised that finn and rose were even allowed in because they're dressed like total slobs well if you do notice like everyone is giving them looks like what are they doing here like they look like you know filthy underlings Right, but they shouldn't even have been allowed, like, past, like, as soon as they were 20 feet in, there should have been a bunch of security people being like, uh, are you right. sure you're in the right place? That kind right. of thing. Uh, can I help you? Like yeah. That, that kind of passive-aggressive security. <laughs> yes, can in I help Cantobite you? the book, the main character of the first story is this worm type of alien who is at Cantobite because he won 
um, vaporator sales being of the year mm. on his planet. Sales and so being. he's like there because he won a contest and he, nice. and, and it goes through like how he feels so out of place and just lucky to be there. And just like, this is his fantasy spot. And like, um, he's just a normal wormy schlep. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you read the book he, we were just talking about last week and speculating about it. Oh yeah. I read the book. And how is it? I'm glad I read it. All right. Um, it is just as annoying in the annoying ways that you would expect. Like, I don't know. I it just, it's for me, it's not that fun to read s- stories of rich people doing terrible stuff. <laughs> right. And the book is full of that, but <laughs> the book is actually four short stories or I guess they're not short, but it's like a novellas. Of, yeah. And, um, some of them are, like I, I didn't dislike all of the characters. I liked a lot of the characters, but it's like they all take place on Canto Bite, and it just made me more angry about the things that I, I was already angry about about Canto Bite. Not, mm. um, not angry about from an outside perspective, but angry about as if I were in Star Wars, and you know, like, like Rose's oh, anger. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay. Right. You wanted to put your fist through the whole book. <laughs> yeah. Also, if you, um, I don't know, have you, last week, did you go through all the aliens that were some, in the, some did, have them, you talked about the deleted scenes aliens yet? Have you seen the worm character that I'm talking about? No. Okay. No. You have to see a picture of this because <laughs> I was not expecting it to look so phallic. Oh. Oh. <laughs> now oh wait a minute. Maybe I have seen that. <laughs> it's like really, yeah, it's blocking it's it very out. strange. Um, yeah, and the book has this whole scene where before he gets to the casino where he's staying or like the, the hotel, he Kedpin is his name, the worm creature, um, who needs his vaporators and moisturizer moisturizers all the time. Um he gets tricked into spending his money at Zord's bath and spa. Like he basically goes and is conned into spending all of his money on this luxury massage, but it's it's really like a BDSM scene in the book, I think. Hmm. Anyway. Wow. Anyway, it's was uh, that is that the one was um was Warwick Davis portraying that character? No, Warwick in... Davis and his daughter, I think, are playing. Um, no, they're playing one of the lucky three. They're also right. in the book, the Swertons. But, but they also have. He had another character that was. And I think it might be that one. Is it a? Oh, uh, I'm not really? going to look it up in the background because that'll be distracting for me. Yeah. But there's a there's a very. Um, he looks like a one eyed worm. Yep, that's it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, yep. I believe. I Ken believe Ken that's um, Schleppick or something. Yeah, I believe that's yeah. Warwick Davis. I could be huh. could be mistaken. Whoa, that's cool. Well, last week you got the the lucky three, and they're like they're some of the my favorite characters from the book, actually. Oh, that's hmm. good. Yeah. Um. Anyway, this week, I uh, here are some characters that I noticed from this minute that I liked. Okay. Um, and I, I like, and I don't know. It, it. I still feel that some of them are a little bit. And again, it, it's a hard thing. I don't want to say. You know, I'm not gatekeeping and saying like that's not Star Wars, but. Um, uh, Wayulia Tag Simoni. You talking about the Baroness? The holographic head. Um, yes, she's an old lady who's at home somewhere. She's too frail to go out. And so she's controlling a proxy droid body 
that has a holographic head of her younger self on top of it, which is a cool. That's one of my favorites. Yeah, I like one of my favorites. And Finn goes like, "Whoa!" as she walks by, and you kind and you hear her like the sound (laughs) design gives her a moment. It's like, (laughs) um. According to Wikipedia, um, not clear if she's a member of the the House of Tag, the the kind of uh, galactic famous, you know, Cassio Tag Tag family. She has but, um, to be. I would assume she has to be. The same way everyone named Antilles has to be related, she has mm-hmm. to be related to the Tag family, right? Um, uh, I think it's a it's uh it's an interesting. You guys, I don't suppose either of you saw that movie. Um, it was based. It was a science fiction movie with Bruce Willis, and everyone had like robot. They everyone just stayed home and worked robots. That they it was basically like the internet, where you're, instead of going outside, you had a robot that would be your like avatar in the real world. And so everyone in the real world was just robots hmm. that looked like idealized people. I do, I don't remember. Um, did it have a number uh, in it? Bruce Willis movies tend to have numbers on them. No, it did not. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Um, you know what? I'll uh, I, it's not in the bookshelf right near me. I'll, I'll look it up. I'll tell you guys tomorrow. Right. But uh, yeah. So she uses her young face in the hologram. Yeah. Okay. Which is and, uh, uh, I mean, you know, if you were, I thought about that. Like, if I was, uh, we it'd be good for if, if we were to have a um. It is like an internet avatar. It is. It, it was like if we were going to have a remote, you know, um, um, like high school reunion and you just used your high school photo. I don't know if I want that. Right. No. I yeah. I don't I'm want think that. about like what people would people would recognize you more. But you don't know if you want to. I certainly well, you want, want your adult self, but I de- like, you know, with all the blemishes and, you know, you want filters on your adult, your peak adult self with filters on it. So you look at your best. Oh, so you said with go- the blemishes and stuff. Like, take take a picture of me now, but add like the kind of you know the zits and the greasy hair that I had as a teenager <laughs> from my high school. Yes, exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. So that's that. I wonder why more people don't do that. Walk because around it- with droid heads. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you made it like. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't want to mean why more right. people add blo- donut blemishes to their uh, to their <laughs> skin. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um. So, uh, I wanted to call attention to uh, the little the little croupier on the table. Mm-hmm. They show the uh, I guess the craps table or whatever, and there's that little uh, that's Fam, Fam, the little Fam little guy, and uh, it specifically mentions that he he emits an oddly pleasing aroma yeah. that helps put patrons at ease. It's mm. true, and so, it comes up in the book. 
Um, what does he smell like? <laughs> um, what does Pam smell like? <laughs> well, Chloroform? Or <laughs> I don't remember what he smells like, but the reason it comes up is because the main characters, one of the main characters is a species um, who is in the deleted scenes, but not here. Um, he's a massage, Lexo Suger. Um, he's a Dornamithian, I think. And they have very um, great sense of smells. Like they detect, like they can release pheromones at will. And so, so he could use that to like sort of manipulate people to sort of make them feel relaxed if they were, if he was giving them a massage and he could pick up on people um, or, you know, aliens, he could pick up on what they were sensing. And it comes up a lot in the, in that story is he's, he has to do this harrowing journey, of course. And so he's constantly like trying to pick up on the pheromones that he's picking up from other people. And so like everyone that he comes into contact with, you basically, you, you get, we get to find out what he thinks they smell like. Hmm. <laughs> is it put in like earth terms like oh this guy smells like uh, a bed of roses and this person smells like uh patchouli or is it like oh this yeah. smells like dazaxian flowers and this one is both. Oh, mm. so it's, a mix both. Of it's it's enough that like and... i could understand yeah but it's filtered through his species of what he finds smells good or not you right. know like there are mm -hmm. some things where he's like no one likes how this smells but you know his species does and there's some species that he thinks smells horrible but um in order to win them over he compliments their scent and they're like oh no one likes how i smell it's like <laughs> a whole it's a whole thing Sam <laughs> um, is a good is a nice character it, helps him out helps yeah it uh two things about that does remind me of the the multi-million dollar custom smell industry which i feel like we've brought up before somehow that there's you know there's the the um have we Hmm? I believe, I remember, like, believe I we have. Like Maybe not. Oh. But it, it's a, there was a big deal made of when the Barclays Center opened in, in Brooklyn. Um, there was a big deal made over the uh, how much they spent on the custom scent of the Barclays Center. That all There's a company that kind of um, custom manufactures scents and then they pump it through the air system. So when you walk in, you have a certain smell that are supposed to, you know, smells that are supposed to be evocative of certain. Victory. Um, Certain, yeah, certain either emotions or or kind of uh, um, they're supposed to kind of basically you know uh, make you feel a certain way with the smell, and also then every time you walk in, it's supposed to smell the same and it's supposed to smell familiar, and you're not you're not necessarily going to smell the concessions or the you know um, the the fans. <laughs> you're going to mm -hmm. smell this this um, particular scent, and there it's it's not you know not just that. There's there's uh, Lots of places where they don't advertise it, and you'd be, you know, I'm sure you're being subjected to custom smells all the time. It's everywhere. Yeah, I, I noticed it. I, we've definitely talked about this. Yeah, that might have been. With I, you. Think while I've, I think yeah. while I think while I think yeah, because we've <laughs> talked about Vegas smelling like tanning lotion mm -hmm. for sure. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm very sensitive to smells, so it just it would come up with me. Yeah. yeah. Um, let me also say that uh, um, he uh, the Tam Ham Tam Fam. There we go. The ham. Um, he's a Trogloff, and Trogloff um, appear um, not only in this, but there's a Trogloff apparently mentioned or appearing in one of the stories in the Empire Strikes Back from a certain point of view book, which we are covering on our Patreon show, StarWarsMinute.com slash Patreon. I won't say which one because we haven't gotten to it yet, but... Hmm. 
Uh, I I question the like, little t- characters like this and our old friend Babu Frick. Mm-hmm. It it, make, it just raises like the the practical matters of being such a tiny creature in a world filled with giant like relatively giant creatures. Mm-hmm. Like how like so okay suppose it's Tham it's his break okay Tham you could go to um you could go take a break your lunch break like does he slowly walk over to the lunchroom and then slowly have to like does someone pick him up and carry him is there like a are there like little levitation things for little characters to move around on Mm. i mean you know little humans have a hard enough time in our world imagine being that much smaller where you're literally like the size of like a doll you can get stepped on and you know so anyway just makes me well there are um methods of transportation within the casino like little Mm. carts and little droids that escort you places and stuff so oh, okay. maybe he has one of that one of those hmm. his little Stuart little car he drives around <laughs> right or like a he probably some... gets picked up yeah somebody by... comes and gets him yeah because also they're under pretty strict like all the all the workers at the canto casino they're under pretty strict watch and oh i'm sure yeah they're not really allowed yeah so i can imagine they'd be like shuttled to the break room <laughs> so some wookie comes around the box picks them all up <laughs> is Not it like a wookie, one of like no. a carrying case where they're all in their own little compartments that they're uh oh. yeah um and also how small do they get like what what's the you know it's, it seems like most of the creatures that we meet are within a certain range of kind of yeah like how did these creatures not get eaten all the time how, how long was it before people realized that these things were actually sentient aliens capable of intelligent thought like you know, I would assume oh it was like gosh. a pork, something that's just like an animal that you can just eat and no harm, uh, no foul. Not no foul, but you know what I mean. Star Wars <laughs> sentience. I'm yeah, debating whether to get, I think I'll even get into that tomorrow. But um, <laughs> on the other end of the scale, too, like why, you know, like the, the that kind of, uh, you know, uh, Wookiees or that, uh, what was the name, Grumgar? Like we see, like we have a kind of a high end of like size that we see, and past that, mm-hmm. we don't really have like why, you know, why not kind of uh, bigger giant creatures? In, in the, I mean, maybe they're just not invited to this particular thing. Maybe they have a separate uh, <laughs> um, area, you know, that this this just kind of caters to the middle slice. But we don't really see just kind of uh, like the really tiny or the really giant kind of uh, sentient creatures, but. That's exactly it, Peter. I just called you Peter. I called you Peter because I was looking at your serious. Zoom name, and yeah. I'm like, it felt weird as it came out of my mouth. Um, Peter Bonavita, it. Um, you're Oop. exactly right um, because um, that it's the middle slice. It's what it's um, the range that is most like humans mm-hmm. uh, is the preferential range of alien. It seems. I mean, we do see a lot of small creatures. Think of. Uh, What's the co- the Kowakian lizard? All right. And, and the um, monkey lizards. We got, yeah. And um, I mean, just there are whiskey. a lot of them. But um, I think on an optimist, like if I'm trying to be optimistic about this and I and I am like in the Star Wars universe, there are so many different aliens and creatures. And for the most part, their size differences and their different needs are treated as not, no big thing, you know? Mm-hmm, no one's right. like, oh, the wormy needs his vaporator. Like, let's deny him that. No one here should need it. It's, it's more like, oh, his species needs that. Okay. Right. Oh, he needs to do that. 
oh, she needs to do that. And I like that about Star Wars. I mean, I like that about sort of any universe where there are creatures of big variety. Mm -hmm. I think about this when I watch like Nightmare Before Christmas too. (laughs) Um, I think about how all the different creatures, you know, it's like the doorways have to fit all of them and, but there have to be ways to meet all of their needs. And I don't know, I just, I, I like seeing fictional societies work and how they accommodate a variety of species. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 If you're living in a, a, um, a uh, multi-species environment, yeah, it would just be just another thing, you know? Right. Well, which, bathrooms must be crazy. That's though. what I was going to say. Not in a creepy way. I would <laughs> like to see the bathrooms at Canto Bite. Just to see like what, how are they, are they, are they classified? How are they classified? What's inside? What's the plumbing like? I just want to know um, what's going on. Um, Here's another uh, alien that it, see, it walks the line. It It's, I like it conceptually. And then it's, it's, it, I think it's come around kind of full circle to the point where it's like, it's so goofy that I love it. And it's uh Tripto Booball. Tripto Booball. Tripto Booball. Are you talking about the ostrich? The rich ostrich? You, yeah, he's like a turkey with a mustache. How big is he? You see him in the background? He's huge. Yeah. I, oh my gosh, yeah. He's, he's that's one where I'm like, that is a fancy ostrich. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I see him in the book, but there's no sense of how tall he is. Oh, he's I, I oh, yeah. pictured he's very him being tall. like the size he's of like a tall. turkey. No, no, there's... and his head goes very far out. Oh, it, wow! It looks, it sort of looks like he's hunched Enough. over. Like it sort of look like they're trying to make him look like a count who's right. like the New Yorker. Imagine oh, right. the New Yorker. He's just Tilly. He's like, <laughs> like this with a cane, right? Which I think is is absolutely how they did it. I think there is a there's a puppeteer standing inside the costume, kind of bent at the waist, operating it. Yeah. I was looking at there's so many so many really interesting um designs for for a lot of the stuff that we've you know we've we've kind of come mentally we've kind of taken a lot of stuff for granted that it's just like oh a computer made that but then you know not a computer made that you know it was made with a computer which is easier to kind of fool the eye and make something impossible if you use a computer as your tool to do it I'm not saying computers I'm not saying there wasn't an artist behind it but it's easier to kind of um create something impossible if you're using a computer as a tool but uh, there's so many things from this i just saw one for um from i think rogue one where the farming robot in rogue one has an amazing kind of puppet costume combo in it where there's a it's it's you know it's the robot that's kind of uh, bent over and has a tank of water on the back and it's like an agricultural robot and i just you know assumed that it was it was either a computer generated creation or you know maybe a puppet manipulated with you know rods that were removed but it turns out there was a person inside bent over kind of facing backwards and bent over and operating it from the inside and there you can see the sketch of it and then the sketch kind of like around the the kind of production sketch where you see where the person's body would be in it and it's pretty amazing and i think the cool. tripto booball which of course I'm a, this is why I keep saying turkey because it's a double tryptophan is the mythical uh, thing that makes us sleepy in a turkey and booball short for butterball 
Um, so this is Turkey Turkey. Oh, <laughs> um, that's like a Pokemon naming. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, Tripto Bubal then I think is totally a, a person inside this kind of you know hunched yeah. over, bent bent at the waist, and and manipulating this from the inside. And I think it's fantastic. And his cane looks kind of like a meat thermometer. <laughs> there you go, or a baster. Oh, my... <laughs> yeah, Aww. baster. There. <laughs> That made that sad. <laughs> He's ripped. <laughs> uh, we also get to see, uh, speaking of celebrity cameos, this is the one where we get to see good old Budo Skay, uh, the uh, drunken alien who winds up putting a lot of coins into uh, into BB-8. Yeah. Is that a famous person? That Ooh. is Mark Hamill mm-hmm. himself. No, Not only doing Mark the voice. Mark Hamill was Dabu Skay. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that what I said? Oh, you, you said, no. I think, Badu, Bodu, but Dabu Skei is the. Oh, okay. I was confusing. Okay. Yeah. Oh, anyway, I thought you were talking about the lady who put the coins in oh, no, no, the no, no, floating no, machines before yeah. Babu yeah, yeah. No, no. Babu Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I was stampeding ahead to Babu The BB 8 sized alien. Right. Yes. Uh, so Mark Hamill does the voice, but I was also surprised to learn that it actually it was the whole thing was a mocap of. Mark Hamill. They got a big, giant medicine ball for him to use as BB-8, and so that's him acting all drunk and stuff. And I think it's some great drunk acting. That there. is like, cool. Nice little details, like him burping in his face and like leaning on him <laughs> yeah. and stuff like that. It's not good. Good work there. I do. I I would like to see that footage. Of, yes, of Mark Hamill <laughs> acting in a mocap suit, acting against a giant medicine ball. <laughs> um. So who and- is so. Who is Bob Dusquet? He is the he is the editor of the film. Right. Okay. Right. That's who he's named after. Right? Yeah. So uh, all right, I'll, I'll give it. Uh, I get picky with my Star Wars names, but I'll I'll allow that one. Yeah, it does sound Star Wars. At least it's someone working on the film, and it's someone working on the film. It's not like oh, this was Ryan Johnson's high school sweetheart that he he came <laughs> up with an anagram of their name and put him in there. So that, right. You know. And you know the language that the species speaks. No. Camarese. Camarese. Which is supposed to be sort of like Camarian or Camaril, sort of like hmm. potentially a, a tuckerization of Mark, Mark Hamill. Hamill. Yeah, I was just say, yeah, Cam, Cam- Camaril. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, I like yeah. that. Oh, do you, I guess he made that up, that language, you think? Or do you think there was someone, uh, did he get coached as to what language, you know, hmm. like how they have uh, linguistic experts on hand? It's not 100, like, I don't know how confirmed it is. It's just in Star Wars by the numbers. Right, right. Yeah. I, I, I would like to think it seems very within Mark Hamill to just make up a, a fun nonsense language like that. I would, yeah. And plus, he's drunk, so right. Yeah, there you go. They don't really have to. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so the sound there is actually really cool. The sound when Mark or when the alien is putting, you know, his Canto coins into BB-8. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that was apparently like really hard for them to nail down like first of all we have the cantina not the cantina Ooh, See? canto bite music <laughs> the casino music in the background right and um we have to hear the articulation of all the coins going into bb8 and then the sound has to be filtered in a way that makes it obvious that the coins are inside of bb8 um and then they have to um like I don't know. I, I don't know how to describe it. Like, I just know that they've gone on the record saying that that was an extremely difficult 
<laughs> sequence <laughs> to nail the sound down for, like to make that believable. It seems like it because so. you do have you have bustle and the music is kind of you know it, it's based around what seems like a like a marimba or something like that, and so it's kind of steel pan, steel pan. There you go. Right, see. Plug. So, so you're already last week. I had the steel pan drummer from that scene on my show. Oh, nice. Wow. Um, yeah. yeah, it seems you know. So uh, again, so you're the music is already based on hitting metal, and then you have to include yeah, the I... sound of metal hitting metal in in differentiate it. I can I can imagine that. Uh, yeah, yeah. What what do you um? What do you think about this uh piece of music compared to the the candlebite kind I of I love theme? it. You love it. All right. I love it. I think it's such a fun. I think it's so fun. I I really like the Canto Bite track. Mm-hmm. It's great. Um, it's sort of like an ABA structure, in that the main part is do and um and then it goes to the I call it the Who Framed Roger Rabbit Rabbit section. <laughs> is that oh from God, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Why is it, why did you call it that? Because it's because they use that in Roger I think Rabbit. on Roger I think on um in Disneyland on the Rod, on Roger Rabbit's cartoon spin there hmm. the music goes at a certain part. It's just the baseline yeah. mainly is, yeah. hmm. and also just the the music in this whole Canto Bite. All the music on Canto Bite, I actually really love. It's very, it's very different than anything um, that I've seen in Star Wars, especially that part. Is it, is it this minute or next minute when they're like, see the the plum red plum bloom? It's a couple minutes from now. Oh, yeah, okay. I think. Well, we'll get to that, but that part is like. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. it's so good and so brief, but the Canto Bite, I mean, Canto Bite um, has so many references to other films, mm-hmm. as I'm sure you've discussed with the like wings reference with the shot, you know, mm-hmm. going through all of the, um, you know, that, that single, that single shot, you know, yeah, yeah. Where it kind of the zooms in and you're going past yeah, everybody. That's, and then um, musically is the same. It, it recalls a lot of um a lot of fun tropes that i very very much enjoy and so yeah i i like it and it's um it's, it's in the same key as the can, uh, can, cantina music mm-hmm. it's the first time since the cantina song that we have had steel pan drums mm-hmm. so that is um a very specific like it's a very it's unique in star wars and it is very clearly in my mind source music not incidental music but i'll talk more about that tomorrow hmm. so do you think the these ideas are ryan johnson's ideas or does john williams come to, what's the what's the level of involvement with the director like? a lot of this came from ryan johnson actually mm-hmm. um and uh it's not in my minutes so i won't mention it but um <laughs> The part where there's that like lounge music. Um, lounge music. Where it's clearly in... where it's clearly like before everything. I don't know before the Fathiers come busting in. Oh, I mean, okay, Alex, I know you right. haven't seen this, but um, <laughs> it 
there it's like interrupting this nice lounge scene mm -hmm. very briefly hmm. okay well uh, you'll get there you'll we'll get, get there that's a really cool john williams reference right we'll keep our ears and john williams when we himself get is playing the piano on that all right huh. um all right we'll look for it that's the yeah. later on before yeah. right before they crash through yeah okay I'm making a note we of do see a um ro we see some robot waiters uh the yeah. seb waiter droid uh i think it would have been a nice well i don't know would it have been a nice touch to see an r2 unit with a drink tray on it hmm. uh sort of or was that just a java specific it seems like a waste of an astromech droid frankly they're most they're safe they can do so much to have them just serving drinks to people seems a little uh well like overkill but i didn't know if that was uh i mean you know. they are a good size to be essentially a table a rolling table yeah um but, but uh, i would assume that there would be there'd be like cocktail droids that had a tabletop that could actually make drinks you know on the table which i don't know maybe r2 could do that we didn't we never saw him do it but uh hmm. i think i would have been surprised to see an astromech because why would an astromech be at canto bite serving drinks <laughs> You don't think they had more specialized, optimized droids that both knew less and knew more? Well, but I mean, we saw Java set up. Uh, there was a specific adapter for to turn R2 into a bartender droid. So there must be other R2 units that are doing that. True, unless, but Java's unless... outer rim. Right. Mm. Well, that's one. I was I was curious if there would be to see one, then that would mean that, oh, this was a common thing or that, that this was just a Java innovation. I think I think Java innovated a lot of things. Yeah, I think that that seems like that was maybe custom made in the in the workshop down there. Somebody put that together. So like the and Java's totally the type of like the type of character that would be like, I want to just cut all the heads off my Barbies. Right. Sorry. <laughs> turn, no. turn them all into a bartender. I, I'm just gonna take this astromech just for fun, like just to poke fun. Like right. Java, yeah. Whereas mm -hmm. Cantobite is more like efficiency. Like let's get the best. Right. Uh, droid for the job mm -hmm. and make sure they don't know how to do too much and um, keep it all very uniform. We don't want things to look like they're from other planets. Like this is Canto. This is mm -hmm. the experience of Canto Bite, right. which also in the book, it is very like you're at Canto, you're in Canto Bite. Like it is very like shields you from the rest of the galaxy and everyone who's there wants to be shielded like from the rest of the galaxy. Like they talk yeah. about they reference political things and other stuff happening. And they're like, no, we're on Cantobite. We're here to escape. Hmm. And that's like always the thing. It's like, we're here to escape. Yeah. And it, Hey, I don't go on vacation to hear about people's problems. <laughs> Not even crypto boo balls problems with his, uh, <laughs> he's, a, well, he's rich. Yeah. He's, he's, rich, he's got powerful. a, he made his fortune on his family's vast farming colonies of space fungi. He's a space fungus. He's a, he's a fun guy. Hmm. Um, um, I had another. Oh no, wait, Dabuske. We talked about. Mm -hmm. Um, we did see the band. We see. We saw the Palindag band in the background. Yeah, they playing their horns. They're very Doctor Who Gross. to me, and I and oh. not in a again not in a bad or good way. Um, just in a who who way. Yeah. Yeah, they seem kind of... They seem very medieval to me. Hmm. Their heads look a lot like squid heads' head, which, which 
which uh, it almost looks like Squid had had like some kind of uh, infection and his head cracked open and all these tentacles came out. That's kind of what he looks like. They're really gross looking, I think. Mm. It's like real, real Dave Cronenberg body horror type uh, aliens. I would, I would want a more aesthetically pleasing aliens if I was going to have to, uh, you know, if they're going to be performing in front of everyone. Well, aesthetically pleasing to whom, though? That's the thing. That's you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's true. Maybe this was a, a special request that these guys were the favorites of one of the one of the rich patrons okay. here. Everyone's got a type. Maybe their species is really good at those instruments. Right. Seems like they right. would be. They're kind of custom. Um, I think they should do like a Milli Vanilli thing and have like a size snoodles in the front. And then those guys kind of playing in the back. Famously, but we don't know what appeals to them. Noodles. Who knows? Maybe they smell really good too. Oh, well, that's true. To certain yeah. aliens. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're uh, they may not look like much, but oof, that smell. <laughs> they got it where it counts. In the you smell see department. Dynam Quid, an alien with squid tentacles on his face, also mm-hmm. by the bar. I know it is that. Well, I there's a. I don't know if this in this minute or in next minute, but I, I, the. Who? Is that the one that is uh, oft mistaken for a Borgullet? Oh, I could, at, I could at the see bar. That. I could see when we. I think it's in tomorrow's minute. So let let's let's bring it up Are tomorrow. You talking about the one that looks like Pirates of the Caribbean, dude. Yeah, the squid head, like the. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Okay, all right. Let, let's bring him up no, tomorrow. No, he's in this minute. Okay. Well, I want to table it yeah. till tomorrow because I, I have a question. Well, I don't know. I guess not. We we we're skipping like a really big alien right now. By the way, a, like physically a big alien or a, a one that we. Who are we? One skipping? that a lot of people bring up because he's apparently played by a famous actor. Um, Ooh. Who's the, okay? Fill us in. What? Where do we? <laughs> do tell the name of the actor is slipping my mind but i know who the character is oh, that famous guy but, who's the um, character why can't i i mean see i just i most of the actors that i know i know them from star wars first oh yeah so um Me too. wow it's like a really famous actor too apparently um caljack i'm thinking of caljack 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 i'm looking through He's the main character in the last uh, novella, the Canto Bite book. He's a prop player at the casino. Um, and so he is paid to play. Basically, he's paid to make sure right. people spend money. Mm-hmm. And um, he almost dies before this movie, actually. So the fact that he's in this movie means that he survived his adventure. Um, he gets a little bit too involved with gambling and kind of takes his job a little too too far like he doesn't just walk away with his losses like he ends up spending way too much at the tables he loses a lot and ends up owing a big debt and has to pay his debt back in a night and it's like a ton of money and he can't do it and he keeps losing and everything he teams up with the lucky three the Swertons, who you talked probably talked about last week and um they have this night of their lives Really weird stuff happens. They bet on Fathier races. They bet on some tables. They make, do some high stakes stuff. And he, I won't tell you how it ends, <laughs> whether he win, whether he makes the money or has to walk into or has to kill himself. But um, he, 
clearly has survived. And <laughs> at the end of the book, he rediscovers his love of just playing at the casino and kind of um, decides to not make it about winning, but more about like, you know what? I'm here to have fun. He wants to stay on Canto Bite. He's not originally from there, but he's like, you know, I'm living the dream. I'm being paid to play. And I want to stay. I do what I want to do whatever I can to stay on Canto Bite. So I just I'd want to stay employed in my position. And that's enough. I'll just be OK with what I have and just have fun with it. Hmm. Is it played I, by the actor Michael Jackson? <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> I'm trying to think of who. I'm trying well, to think of Cal Jack. I'm like, is it? It must be a Tuckerization of somebody's name. Well, weirdly, it does. Like, I, I, I see who we're talking about now. Cal Jack's on me. Um, yeah. and uh, I tried. I, I was. Is it Justin Thoreau? No, 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 no. No, he, he'll come He's, up. That's the other person. He'll come up in a minute. Um, literally a minute or maybe two. Um, but uh, the um. I, I started to look him up and then I got distracted. I, he looks to me kind of like um, Crispin Glover. That's it. Okay. It looks like you, Crispin Glover. But... You can tell from... You can tell? Well, it just he looks like an alien Crispin Glover to me, but I don't see... Uh, I'm looking on his Wikipedia and there's no behind the scenes section for him at all. Oh. Is that just... Do people just call him that for fun? It could so be. Not Crispin... it looks like him. Oh, you thought it was Crispin Glover then? <laughs> <laughs> It totally looks like know. him. It looks like, you know, if you were to make a, a, a weird uh, Heptunian <laughs> Crispin Glover. Heptunian, yes. Um, people call him the alien Crispin Glover, and so I just assumed that it was played by him. Is that a joke that, like, everyone's in on except me? Uh, I don't that know. That would check out, but... If I, okay. if I if I search, yeah, if you search alien Crispin <laughs> Glover, the first couple of hits, they're like, my favorite cantobite is alien Crispin Glover. Oh my god! Um, Maybe I took that too literally. <laughs> it totally looks like him. I'm, oh my I'm, god! But him in kind of uh, well, it, uh, wasn't he in that uh, Back to the Future? No, no, no. But he was in that that remake of uh, of Ben or right. or Willard, which which. Was oh it? my god! What a creepy man. Yeah. Uh, but uh, he, it, I, I had that same thought, and he, and he has that kind of like that slick down hair and looks kind of like he's holding himself, carrying himself, kind of like it. Would not surprise me if it was him, but I can find no. Um, I think I know because I originally thought that he had like a Shemp Howard haircut. I got yeah. older, so yeah, to yeah, me, yeah. he looks like Shemp. He's the Shemp Howard alien more so than the Crispin Glover alien. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I know who you're talking about now. Wow. Okay. Sorry to anyone in the last few weeks who I've talked <laughs> to you about this character and been like, so he's played by Crispin Glover. <laughs> and Well, we don't know that he isn't, so he could true. be. Um, we also see Violet Tendil leaning on the piano. It's the... Um, Violet gown? Tendil mm -hmm. is... She, yeah, it looks like um, she has like a mosquito net over her head. Oh, right, you know, like right. those yeah, beds. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's it's a very tall net. Yeah. It's a... Uh, it, yeah, it's pretty ostentatious. Um, and then the room shakes and like we see the drinks sort of shake on the table and yeah. almost spill. And the funny thing is no one is phased except Rose and Finn. Yeah. Because like clearly it's like, oh, this must happen a lot. Like it's just the father years passing by. 
uh, I don't like that because it seems like they would like clearly drinks are spilling and everything and they would have something in place. If this happens every time a Fanthier race goes by, they would have they would be something. And how come the, the, it only happens when they first start and then the rest of the time the whole place is not rattling around whenever the Fanthier Well, we're not go. there for very long, Alex. We okay. don't see every time it happens. But also it cuts away pretty quickly. And also the next time we see that the Fathiers are literally running through the casino. So I'd say right. they get a lot of casino, a lot of Fathier action there at the casino. But like, I, when, if they're st- if the stampede is making the entire casino rattle, then when they're outside on the balcony, that should be rattling even more because they're closer to the fanthiers than they no, are. No, not necessarily because mm-hmm. the different material can, like the waves can travel differently through different material. You know what I mean? True. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm but, assuming so, that that part where it rattles kind of by the bar is closer. That's like a lower level. Mm-hmm. Right over, okay. kind of closer to the racetrack, and then they go yeah. up to the kind of observation deck. And it's, I, I think that that having the bar be rattled by the by the race is a selling point. That's a that's a I, feature, not a. I bug. am with you. Yeah, I think I'm with you because, yeah, they they want to feel like they're part of it, like they're really there. Um, yes, because no one is rattled when the rattling happens. It's like everyone expects it. Ironically, mm-hmm. yeah. Only Finn and Rose are like. Right. Everyone else is like business as usual. <laughs> well, yeah, it's the fathers, and it's part of the it's part of the experience. Yeah. I know if I'm, there, if I'm getting my like drink and the drink is spilling because well, I guess that's how they sell more drinks is because whenever the fathers roll by, they all spill and everyone's like, "Oh well, I'm rich. I guess Though I'm I, gonna buy another drink." I did notice that they weren't really spilling so much as splashing a little bit. Hmm. Right. So yeah. Well, um. We will find out what's causing that. What are those things? We'll find out um, mm-hmm. tomorrow what they are. Because, um, hey, can you come back tomorrow? Yeah. Okay. If it's not too early. All right. We'll see. We'll, we'll find a time that works for everybody. Mutually convenient. Um, and uh, I mentioned it earlier, but uh, if you want to uh, you want to hear us talking about right now, on a Saturday show, we do, uh, we t- we're talking about uh, some of the stories from uh, Empire Strikes Back from a certain point of view. And our Sunday show is just kind of, uh, you know, free for all, whatever, Star Wars and other stuff, related, unrelated talk. Um, you can find both of those at StarWarsMinute.com slash Patreon. And that'll, uh, different levels of support will get you different access to different episodes and different what have you, uh, including some fabulous art by Alex and fun stuff like that. And uh, then hopefully we will meet you back here tomorrow for a brand new episode of Star Wars Star Wars Minute. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.